This is Vanetta Schofield with Funny Honeys, and you are in the apartments with Parlay. Hey, Parlay. Meet me at the apartment. <laughs> Yo, live from DJ House Studio, this your boy Parlay. And we in the apartment with Parlay. Meet me in the apartments. I love my city, ATL. Only thing I love more than my city is the west side of my city. Y'all know that. Shout out to Bankhead, Long Lil Suave, Rest Easy Low, Rest Easy Buddy, a.k.a. We Fly. Listen, we have, I just want, I want, first I want to shout out to all my viewers, you know what I'm saying, all my supporters. I want to shout out to everybody who's been showing love. I want to shout out to everybody who give me people to um, look up. I want to give a shout out to everybody who give me people to tap into, people who I should have on my podcast who I'm not tapped in with all the way. You know what I'm saying? I want to shout out to everybody who come in on every post I got. I want to give a shout out to people when I'm slacking on my um, when I'm slacking on my um, my audios. I want to shout out to everybody who like, hey, Paula, you got to get that audio out there. I want to just give a shout out to everybody who's just been helping me along this journey. You know what I'm saying? Y'all see this, and y'all see what I'm doing. This is not easy. It is not easy to be consistent. It's not easy to be consistent. What I'm doing is easy. And I, when a nigga know how to talk, you can just start talking. Hey, yeah, let's sit down. But I do that with anybody. The gas station, with the, with the man who pumped the gas at the gas station, with the J outside, the hood go grocery store. I, I talk to anybody. So it's easy, but staying consistent, staying on your business, staying getting people in there, stay with setting up interviews, having having the, 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 the um the um the, the clips cut, having everything just ready, it takes a lot to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to shout, salute y'all and shout out to y'all for doing that. Um and through all this, like I said, I've been getting people been reaching out to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm one of the people that when you reach out, you know what I'm saying? I see I be seeing what's going on. Long as long as you ain't talk about no stupid ass shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna see what's going on. So I had a phone call and it's like, um, listen, I got somebody, she's dope. She a comedian. She doing this, this, this. She need to be on the show. We watch it. They like it and everything. And I'm, I started thinking like, I haven't had no female comedian yet. I done had like two or three. I done had like two or three content creators. See, okay, uh, let me say this too. I feel like it's a difference between comedians and content creators. Even if you funny and create content, I don't think that's the same as being a comedian. When I think comedian, I think, I think stand-up. I think shows. I think uh, put-together skits. And I'm not saying that the content creators on the social media is not putting the skits together, but I think of more of the old term. You know what I'm saying? So I want to give a shout-out. You know what I'm saying? Big up to my next um, not guest sitting right here with me, Vanetta Schofield. What up? How you doing? What up, though? In the apartments. We in the apartments. Yeah, yeah, in the apartments. In the apartments, man. No, um, I just want to say thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for taking your time out. Thank you for doing what you do. You know what I'm saying? I know we was we, we was talking about um everything that you do. Your production company, um, the writing, uh, acting, coming up with the materials. Can you tap in a little bit on what you do for everybody who's watching? Yeah, what's up, y'all? So uh, my name is Vanetta Schofield. Shout out to you. Thank you so much. Um, I am the founder of Funny Honeys LLC, and I am a comedian, producer, brand strategist. I, I really am, more importantly, an entrepreneur. I I don't think uh, – I'm not going to say I'm a comedian, right, because that, that holds a lot of weight, right? And 
What's your favorite comedian? Those are people that are known on the marquee, right? I am becoming a comedian. No, no, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna stop it right there. I got some motherfuckers who funny this bitch. I love them to death. A lot of people don't know them. They comedians. That if you take what you do serious, you no, are that. I, most sir, I take everything I do seriously. You comedian, then. and I respect the crap. No, I'm a comedian. I'm a paid. T- However, I am becoming the comedian I want to be, and I don't think that that is the strongest title that I carry. Mm-hmm. So talk to him. I'm an entrepreneur first and my message and my goal and everything is like for all creatives to tap into the entrepreneurship more than anything. We all got the talent. One of my favorite quotes is the most common thing in the world is unsuccessful people with talent. Yes. I'm just saying like, it's so many people that are just super talented, but don't have the business acumen they're not consistent. They don't know how to really focus and hone in. They don't really know how to just roadmap their success. And that's why I come in because, you know, if I didn't have entrepreneur experience before I got into comedy, I would be just like them other niggas. But I'm not. <laughs> like, you know, like, I've, I've, had, I've had a few businesses before, and I've been able to apply being in an, an art, like being an artist. To, to being also an entrepreneur. And there's such a parallel there. Yes. And if you take your artist seriously, or even more seriously as you do when you clock in and clock out for motherfuckers, if you took that as serious as you did, if you was on time for your shows, like if you really put that, if you put the marketing out there, if you looked at it as, yo, it's not just when I'm on stage, it's not just me writing music, but it's me networking and me building my brand. If you took that shit seriously as you do the job that pays you, niggas would be further. I talk to him now. I talk to him. So that's that's my message, and that's kind of like where I'm at with it, because you know I have funny honeys, and it's it's the brand will be five, the business is three, but you know I've done so much with it, and I've taken it seriously, and I've been able to partner with other brands, and you know be in departments. You know, I look, it's a lot of comedians that like these posts, like that, like you, and I was like, oh, these niggas gonna be mad. Who you talking about, nah, for real? Nah, for real. This nah. bitch just got to Atlanta. What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 for real. I know you spoke about um, honey bunnies. Funny honey. Fun, funny honeys. Can you can you tell everybody how you came about the name and how did you come up with funny honeys? Yeah, so it's a it's a real dope. I told you I fucking name up though, didn't it? No, you told me, you told me, you told me. <laughs> but you got my name right, so shit, we good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. No, so I was. I had been producing comedy shows, like stand-up, for like six months. I've been doing comedy almost two years. Mm-hmm. My birthday was coming up. And I had I was, I was like, yo, it's my birthday. I got to do something different. Like, it's the you know, six-month show. I've been building it up. I was like, I'm going to book all chicks. They're going to be fine. I'm going to book the baddest, funniest chicks that I know so all the niggas will come out because it's my birthday. Yeah. And so I booked, the look, I booked the lineup. I booked the chick to sing. She was a dope singer. I booked the female host. You know, it was like, it, it looked so nice. Like, and I was just looking at it. I was like, what am I going to call it? I was like, I'm going to call it Funny Honeys. And I called it Funny Honeys. And I did the show. It was my birthday. She was lit. I mean, it was sold out. And, like, even somebody came to headline and didn't. Carrie caught it. Ended up headlining over Fab. She's on Showtime now writing on that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That was, like, five years ago. So, you know, she came, pulled up. And it was crazy because it was just a dope show. Like, so many people from New York just pulled up. Like, and I had, like, a dope ass vibe, and everybody loved that shit. And I was like, "Yo, you gotta do this again." Huh, huh. 
So I started honey, doing honey. it. You know what I mean? And if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. So I started to put a lot of money into it. And I built it as a brand. Got a little logo. I started rocking with it. You know what I'm saying? So you saying? just kept it. So I'm going to do another one. I'm going to call it Funny Hunters again. I just started doing, I started, I switched over from producing regular shows to producing only shows with women. So. So you have you, did you already, did you come in already being a producer? Or did I, you come on kind of on the comedian side and then ended up producing? How did that, how did that balance ha happen? So my first, like, internship in entertainment, well, my first summer. So I'm from North Carolina, right? Shout out to Greensboro, North Carolina. I was in college, and I was struggling to finish college. And I was like, bro, if I don't pass this class, nigga, I'm moving to Greensboro. Because Greensboro was the place where all entertainment was really going down. Greensboro or Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. I went to college up there. Yeah. Okay, word. So I, I was at UNC struggling to finish. Found out how to learn disability. I was like, oh, so this shit ain't even for me, man. I'm a communicator. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, so I was like, I'm going to just get into So I moved to Greensboro, and I started a, I started trying to intern, yo, and it was this comedian, B-Dot, um, and he was looking for, he had a community event coming up, and he was like, yo, does anybody know? He had posted earlier that he needed an assistant, like on his, on his Twitter. And then I kept, like watching, right? I had I had responded, but he didn't respond back, and I had DM'd him, right? Mm -hmm. And then he was had a, an event coming up. He's like, I need somebody that's got Italian ices. <laughs> and at the time, my mom's husband had an Italian nice. icy business. Oh, okay. Bing, bing, bing. Boop, boop, boop. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, if you respond to my DM, I could have booked that for you. I got that right. Uh -huh. So like, I could be your assistant. So I said that to him, and he DM'd me back, and so I started. I started to like, I met him at a show and I told him that I wanted to be a comedian too. Like I told him I wanted to be funny. Um, he was like, you don't want to be funny. You just want to help people. And I'm like, nigga, you just want me to help you. <laughs> but I did because I loved being at the shows and stuff, whatever. So he had this freestyle funny group. He had this improv show once a month. I helped him out. And at the same time, I was working at this branding agency. I got an internship there. I had met this girl at the club. She did PR for this branding agency. So it was another branding agency that had like a graphic designer a photographer, and they had, like, this media person. And so I started being their writer. So I started writing there, and I started working with B-Dot, and I was assisting him. And then I left B-Dot at a certain time. I was still doing the comedy stuff, but then I started working with Tap Money, who was now the program director at 107.9. So I working with Tap Money. So that's summertime. <clears throat> yeah, so that summertime, I had three separate internships in radio and branding, writing bios for creative artists. And also in comedy. And I, by the end of that summer, I had brought the guys that I was interning with, the comedy guys, to the branding guys. And mm. they did a photo shoot with them. Shout out to DRL Tunes. I call him my brand daddy from Greensboro, North Carolina. He worked on, like, math festivals and stuff. He's done a lot of the, he is just an amazing graphic designer. And he just has a great eye for branding, you know. He's told me a lot of great advice, and I was a lot bigger than. He's like, "Yo, you'd be bad if you just ran three miles a day." <laughs> That's like what comes out to me when I realize that I lost all this weight, like, <laughs> because I've lost weight since this. Like, maybe he was right, <laughs> but no, he's told me that, and he's also told me a lot of, of branding, and he's helped me to brand other artists. So that was my experience at 23, right? <coughs> so I did that at 23, and then I left that. Now I. Okay, so as an artist, you struggling, you broke, like, none of that was really paying me, you know what I mean? I asked, I, I did, I asked me, like, yo, you know, I'm, I've been working for a little bit, can I get a little 
something. You know what I mean? Tunes told me to tell that. Yeah, speak up. Let's say so. You're doing all of this? Get some money. And he was like, well, you haven't really brought anything. Like, you're doing stuff, but you haven't. And, I mean, it's true. Like, as an artist, like, it's a lot of groundwork that you got to do before you can get paid. And I was like, I got to get paid. So I was like, it was crazy because, like, I went to this sales company, right? I saw this ad on Craigslist. I was looking for a job. Went to this sales company. They said I could be a manager, right? But I really was ended up selling, like, perfume and cologne and shit on the streets and shit, right? It's like one of the multi-level marketing schemes shit. So... It's my second week with them motherfuckers, and I realized that it didn't got me sitting in the car. <laughs> Hold on. What like, they do? What they do? My nigga, I'm selling perfume and cologne in the car, like, riding around with niggas. Like, and I left the radio. I left all the entertainment shit just to do this because I'm supposed to have my own business. And I realized, nigga, I'm just selling perfume. I'm just sitting here. And it was the Monday. It was my day that I was going to be in the station. And they turned on the radio. We weren't supposed to listen to the radio in the car, but they turned on the radio. One or two jams. Tap Money was on. The guy had just left side working with. And T.I. was in the studio. And I was like, damn, I would have met T.I. today. Damn, but I'm selling perfume. I'm selling perfume. <laughs> I ain't sell no perfume that day, nigga. I was mad. I was sad. <laughs> that was the only day. No, that was the only day of me selling perfume that I never sold any perfume because I was mad as fuck. I was so mad. I just, I just processed it. But I'm going to tell you, I, I got my mind right, and they... Taught it was my my family called it a cult. My friends was like, "Girl, you retarded!" Because I got into this perfume selling shit, and they got me to tap in mentally. Every day you walked in, it was a positive quote. They told you you could do anything you set your mind to. They motivated the shit out of us to sell this fake ass perfume and cologne, and I got the juice, and I started selling. What kind of people were Africans? No, it was a white woman and a black man, and they were married. And they were a part of a, it was called Centaur Creations. If you look that shit up, man, they got like hella shit. Like this is a scam. Like this is some bullshit. Niggas be losing their houses. Like niggas get into the, the. it's like the idea of, hey, you can build your own business. You can, you know, you can live this life. They show company videos of niggas like living a life and making mad money, having their own office. And then they got down say, well, you do we're going to put you in position. You get all this from us and you're going to sell it. That's kind of how it was. But the crazy thing is, I ended up being a hundred clubber. Like, that's you sell a hundred bottles in seven days. Mm-hmm. I did that ten times. Like, I was their top merchandiser. And I really did tap in mentally. And I was out there creating icebreakers. Icebreakers. And little did I know, I was, like, telling jokes to people. Like, I was just out there making people laugh, having fun with people. And they was just giving me whatever the fuck I wanted. Like I was getting money, I was getting. They was I was selling bottles. Niggas was buying me what I had the perfume bottles, and I was just pitching whatever I wanted. And then I realized, like, <laughs> I can just get whatever. I had a nigga buy me some detergent one time. I was like, yo, tell me, tell me about. It. Let's go high, go. I say, yo, high, all right, so, all right. So the pitch is like this. I'm like, yo, hey, yo, you wear perfume and cologne, some shit like that, right? But I always do the icebreaker. I'd be like, hey, remember me? Things like, like from that dream, it's coming true. And it's like, ah, you stupid. Yeah. And they're like, nah, but for real, you fuck with cologne, right? You fuck with cologne. You wear cologne, right? Let me show you something. And I start spraying. I'll show you. This right here, this is the ass in the glass. Psh. Spray this one time, you're going to get all the pussy. This one right here, I smooth like butter. Like, and I'm like, these smell like it, right? They're colored boxes. I'm making up names just, for them. Should, <clears throat> and I'm just finessing them. I'm just spraying. Mm, you like that shit? Spray that one time. You ain't got to wash your ass. I'm just telling jokes. And I didn't even fucking know. And I'm like, yo, normally in stores, this shit cost you about $8,800. But for me today, bro, I got you. Just give me like 50 for two. I got you. 
Mm-hmm. And niggas was like, nah, I ain't, Boom. I ain't fuck with it. Nah. I can't do it. You know, because niggas gonna say no in the beginning anyway, right? Yeah. You know what? All right, so which one was your favorite? And you pick one, because I sprayed you with three. Pick one. All right, so since you ain't gonna get that one, man, all right, you ain't gotta get both of them. You can just get one. Get that shit for like, you know, 20. Fuck it, come on. Just give it for 20. So give, you catch it like that. Give Boom. me a dub. So what happened that day? And then be like, nah, I can't do it, man. I got to get paid. I got to pay. I right, well, listen, man, on some real shit, that that commission was just going to go to me getting blank. Can you help me out with blank? And you said you need some detergent. I need some money or I need some detergent. And niggas be like, let me get some money for some detergent. Well, I ain't got it. I just got my car. Well, you could just go in the store and buy it. I like Tide. He went in the motherfucking store and, and I got time. motherfucking family size tied, nigga. Okay, did he say, okay, I'm finna go get it, or did he just go get it and come back with it? He's like, okay, cool. Well, I don't know what you want, so come in the store with me. I got a Snickers, too. <laughs> Fuck it, my well. She should got a Sprite, too. Right? <laughs> Fuck I it. wasn't thirsty. I would have got it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all right. Nah, but I learned how to pitch and how to work. I did that for, like, three to four years, and, like, you know, I didn't have the best days, but I did that, so, like, I mean, developing that mindset, getting in them trenches like that, mm-hmm. doing that. So when I came up to comedy and I learned how to do comedy, I went to took classes, studied it, and I saw, oh, I got to just get on stage and get better. Oh, it's going to be a while before I get paid. Word. I just sold fake perfume and cologne, my nigga. I'm cool with this. Yeah. This is my dream. Yeah, I want to do. do this shit. Yeah. I don't want to <clears throat> sell perfume and cologne for the rest of my life, but I'm good at that. So if I can be good at that, I, I can be definitely... Nigga, it's easy. It's easy. This is my one. What about uh, what the what the married couple was? What their name was? You remember that what their name was? Lexi and Drew. Shout out to goddamn Lexi and Drew. Shout Lexi, Lexi and Drew, Drew. goddamn put it put you on your path. Lexi and Drew. Lexi, honestly, Lexi was dope, and I'm not gonna get into it. I told the story on Refinery 29, so maybe I should tell it here. But I fuck with them so much. But it was a lot that went on with them. But I did like how they were a family and had a business, like. I think I've always kind of wanted like that king and queen shit. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was a lot to see running a business with your partner too. So it was a it was a little bit it was an experience for sure. Um, but I call her Mama Lexi, and uh, she she was dope as fuck. White white trill ass chick from uh, Richmond, like the white bitch that you take anywhere with you. You know what I'm saying? They're like, come on, you can go with me. <laughs> you go with me. Yeah. I fuck with Dan ass white bitches. Shout out to Love. What up, Lolo? <laughs> Lolo, what Lolo. Up? Hey! <laughs> yeah, so you know, I fuck with a down ass white girl. So. Nah, for real. So you're doing all this. You say you quit, stop selling the perfume, the cologne. You say I'm gonna just take, I'm gonna just take everything that I learned, been doing. I'm gonna focus on this comedy. What is your next step? You done, you done, you done, you done manage comedy shows. You done wrote for um for um. Artists. For artists. Yeah. And, 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 and things for people speaking for the media. You know what I'm saying? You don't intern at the radio. You know, serve perfume. What is your I'm gonna do comedy, but what path are you did you take to that? Is it was it straight comedy? Was it I'm gonna do the production first? I'm gonna come back with the production. I'm gonna bring the I'm gonna bring the uh, funny honeys back again. You know what I'm saying? What was your direction now? Yeah, so I really fuck with educating yourself so my path was i waitress in college and so that company that's perfume ended up taking me to florida i opened an office in florida and i opened an office in new york because florida was all right but like 
it won't nobody speaking English there. And I was like, this is not a community that I want to be a part of. Because no matter how much money I make, I want to be a part of the community I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I ain't like that. So my Nana lived in New York and she lived in Yonkers. So I opened an office in Yonkers and I moved over there. Now that New York was harder than Florida, but comedy was there. I was like, this is the comedy capital. So what I did was I went back to waitressing. I said, fuck this business. I went back to waitressing, started to educate myself, and I started to take UCB classes for sketch, improv. I took a stand-up comedy class, all while waitressing, trying to get my money up to move to the city so I could start to do stand-up. And I took a, by the time I had saved up enough or had enough to get the comedy class going, it was a spot that I wanted to take it at. I looked it up on Google, and I also was going to get a job working in the city. Now, I'm still living in Yonkers, so it's like an hour and a half away from the city. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to get a job there, I'm going to commute so I can move there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work there, I'm going to find comedy. So the one job that gave me an interview in New York, in New York City, so the one job mm -hmm. that gave me an interview in New York City was a spot called Big Daddy's, and I go Easter Sunday, crazy <laughs> shit. They give me the job on the spot, and they're like, you start. And I'm like, all right, cool. You start Monday. Like, they need help, right? So I walk outside, and I look to my left, and two blocks away was the comedy class that I said I was going to take, Comic Strip Live. So the spot I got a job at was two blocks away from the comedy, from the class. I was like, I'm going to take that class. Wow. So I got the job. I got my, I got the, and then I started going there, and it was just so, I was like, God, God, so, you. It was surreal. It was just like everything has, for the most part, to be honest with you, shit just be lining up, you know? So it's like, oh, it yeah, meant. this is supposed to be what, this is what it is. And like You you, you following your calling, you're following what you're supposed to do. A lot of people don't take chances. They get caught and stuck in what they're doing now. They're like, ah, I'm doing okay now. I do. I got this, this, and this. If I leave, I don't know how I'm going to do this, 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 this. But every time you got that niche, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Huh? I'm going to y'all. I'm going to do this. And when you follow your path and you really put time into what you're doing and you're studying and you're taking classes and you're doing improv and, and you don't have all this thing, God is going to always put you on your path. It's, it's no such thing as a coincidence. It's not. It's really not. Everything happens it's for really a reason. Not. It's meant for you to choose. You're at a crossroad right now. You can go left, you go right, but you got to choose. Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is, you can take the hard road to an easy life, or you can take the easy road to a hard life. Well, really, it's going to be hard for both. It is. It's going to, both of them, is there some hardship at some point? Period. If you take the easy road, the life going to be hard. If you take the hard road, you can get to that easy life. Thanks. It's just what hard you want. And I've devoted most of, like, majority of my 20s to that learning, that education, that moving around, being, you know, like, I'm from North Carolina. I done moved to Florida. I done moved to New York. I moved to Virginia on some active shit. They was like, whatever. <clears throat> so, like, it's, it's a lot that's happened. And what, to your point, like, when you sacrifice, I feel like things and just blessings come from that. That shit, that big shine, so many. You know, <laughs> like I just spent so much time, <laughs> free time, knowing time ain't free. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've spent all my free time developing myself as a creative, learning all those things. I spent my free time spending money on getting better. Like 
it's crazy that I've done all of that and invested so much into that, but that's that's what you got to do. And every time I do one big step, I get a big reward, for sure. No, definitely you put the work in. Talking about these big steps and rewards you've been getting, talking about you loving and educating and being educated at the same time. Let's talk about your new series. 1865. Okay, so I feel like, you know how you have a, a kid... Okay, you got kids? Mm hmm Okay. How many? Five. <laughs> Word. <laughs> okay. So I was just going to use a comparison for two. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> But you know how you have your oldest, and you you gave a fuck when you had it, but, like, you fucked up because it was your first one. Mm -hmm. And then you do a little bit better with the, the next one, and it's just. So Funny Honeys is my first baby. Had her when I was too, a little young in the game, but I fuck with her. You know what I mean? That's my oldest, and she holding me down. And Funny Honeys is helping me raise 1865. And 1865 has so much promise, and it's my, my best baby. And it's, it's a brand that I created, um, 2020. I was – I actually just left the doctor today, actually. It's funny because I had a follow-up, but I had to have surgery for, like, my fibroids. So shout-out to women that have – uterine fibroids eight out of ten black women have fibroids um i had to have surgery for it and i couldn't protest when george flood floyd was murdered like new york went crazy and i'm in a house bleeding in pain and i was i felt so helpless and um so i'm, I'm sitting there and then that whole and the wave of everything protests everything happened you know, and it comes around Juneteenth, and it's so funny because uh, there's a comedians group on Facebook, Black Comedians, and this one woman uh, did a benefit for Juneteenth and for Black comics because a lot of people started to show Black comics love at that time. Like, this one guy said he paid his rent for, like, almost six months from the work he got during Juneteenth when George Flood died because of all the shows. Like, they wanted to book black comics then. Yeah. Like, they felt bad. Yeah. So they kept booking us and giving us money just out of guilt. This one white comedian and one white girl showed her titties for, for, for Juneteenth. <laughs> no, for real. Like, she showed her titties and raised, like, $4,000 for for Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, black comics were talking about it. Like, this white woman showing her titties, right? And this one black comedian commented. And it's so funny because this same black comedian went up at the comedy club. like, I, And I was a new black comic, new black bitch at the one of the biggest, my favorite comedy club in New York. Mm -hmm. One only black woman there. I show up and this nigga's performing and he was with a white girl and he didn't say shit to me. And it's a lot of niggas that do shit like that mm -hmm. when they were white bitches. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that shit how they treat black women. Yeah. So I had a vendetta against this nigga number one. And then this nigga commented. He said, y'all say what you want about that white girl. She raised $4,000. So it was between <laughs> George Flood, me not being able to do shit, and this nigga shouting out a white woman for raising money. On Juneteenth. On Juneteenth. I was like, you know what? What can I do? <laughs> like, I got motivated. I got to figure know? out something. I got to figure out something. You know, and I've always been an organizer. I'm a pastor's daughter. 
rainbow tea bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like we got the we got the green table we lit. So <laughs> nigga, we lit. You know, so I've been an organizer since young. I was and I grew up in a like small church. So my mama was like, I was an usher, the armor barrel, everything. Like I was Oh, wait. Choir, Nigga, like I sang a sermonic solo and I ain't, can't even sing, but I would be singing. Everybody got to sing a solo. If you went to church, if you stay in the, from a bad family back in the day and they and they participate, deacon, anything, a part of the church, you're in the choir and you got to do a solo. Nigga, ain't no running from it. You got to do a solo. You, you can't solo. carry a tune in a bucket if they gave it to you, <laughs> okay. but you're doing a solo. You got to do a solo. You got to. Everybody going to say, ooh, sing it now. No, you can't sing. Knowing it, and they be in there, ain't that's how you know churches full of shit because niggas be in that uh, clapping yeah, they and do. you off beat. Yeah, they do. You, you can't. I was everything in yeah. church, so it gave me that experience to produce, right? So I already knew I had that skill set. So, honestly, a festival is something I always wanted to do. And it was just those things that emotionally motivated me that I was like, okay, so it's time to do my festival, and I'm gonna do it for black comics. You know, at first I thought I was going to do it for all black women for Funny Honeys because, that yeah. was, you know, that's my first baby. baby. So I thought I was going to do a Funny Honeys festival. But nah, like, I was like, okay, so we're going to do it like this. I'm going to include everybody. So that was the idea. That was when I started. And that was the impetus for getting it going. Um, but now it's just like this is my second year. And now that I'm in this space of really trying to establish, I, I don't like saying trying, do or do not, there is no try, Yoda. Now that I'm establishing myself and my brand in the creative marketing space, I didn't want to do just like a festival. It's like a collection of shows. Mm -hmm. To be honest, that's what a lot of comedy festivals are. They just put some shows together and invite some industry people, and that's it. So I'm a one, I have a desire to ultimately be on the big screen, not like as an actor, but as a programmer. And as a producer, so I saw an opportunity for me <coughs> to put together something that would be programmed. So I wanted to kind of flex. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I put together. It's got to pop your shit. Pop your shit. So I'm flexing with 1865 this year. And I have really amazing showcases at Uptown Comedy Corner and around the city that are specialty showcases. But I also have the classroom. So the theme of 1865 this year is school days. Okay. First of all, festivals don't be having themes. I'm the first bitch to do that. So it's school days, and I have, like, the classroom where I have, like, panels mm -hmm. and workshops, and I have the joke gym. Like, instead of, like, P.E., yeah. you're going to work out some jokes. I have that. Um, and I also have, like, a instead of, like, a book fair, I have a podcast fair. Okay. That's dope. Yeah, so That's I want to shout out Bud University because they have an amazing venue and they have these amazing, like, privacy tents. So you have the ability to kind of, like, block out the sound and, like, have this intimate kind of vibe. So instead of, like, going to school and having, like, this book fair, you, like, pull up and you have this, like, podcast, like, lineup. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, so we got podcasts there. We got a show in the metaverse. You know, I mean, we just got a lot of shit that's going on, you know. And it's it's all related to educating black comics and helping them kind of, honestly, I want to help them and give them little remnants of all the experiences that have helped me become the comic that I am. I've been doing comedy six years. What's your favorite part about doing comedy? 
the connection. Like, there is nothing like talking to people. And honestly, I, I, I thought about it because of that's more of a hosting thing. Mm-hmm. And I love to host. Like, yes, I like comedy. And I learned comedy so that I can be an influence in comedy. Like, I feel like, if I, you know, school days is the theme of 1865 because I treat comedy like school. I feel like stand-up, for me, was a prerequisite. Okay, yeah. Makes it was sense. a general, yeah. I need to understand the structure of a joke. I can write a joke with you. You can tell me a premise of some shit right now. I can help you tag that shit up. I, I can help you write a joke because I know what I'm doing. But that's not what I want to do. Just like a prerequisite, you know what I mean? So it's a stepping stone. So what I ultimately want to do is run shows for TV. Like Funny Honeys is a lifetime of Comedy Central fucked. I had a little ratchet baby. It's like telling stories. Like unscripted series. Mm -hmm. Like on some like Mona Scott, but not like planned. Yeah. Like comedy. Just like regular shit. A, a lot goes into comedy. Yeah. yeah if you be. just document the process, nigga, if you just document the dope of yourself, you got a stellar, like, you can win an Emmy with that shit. Yeah. Just so, the process alone. That, just that. And the proper editing, of course. But the structure of it. So that's what I'm into. You know what I mean? I'm not into But to your point and to your question, I love connecting with people because hosting is something that I can just connect instantaneously. Take you back to the perfume. Yes. Kind of sort of because it's like I'm reading you. And I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at this nigga. Okay, you with somebody. Yeah. You're not with somebody. What do you do for a living? I ask you so I get a little into it. I'll make a little joke about that. We're there. We connect. And then we there. We just, we there. We're locked in. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're like, you know, here with me. And I have the power with my words. To lock you in with me. That's some power. Comedians are powerful, bro. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. For a nigga to make you forget about your day, forget about everything that's going to like, you're so into them and their story. You're so into them and where they are and who they are. Listen, you're ready to listen to it when the next thing they finna say. And you don't want them to stop. Like, when, you, when you're a really good comedian, that's what, to, to what I was saying earlier, like, I'm a comedian for sure, but I want to be the comedian like, you don't want me to stop talking. Yeah. You want no more? You want me to keep going? You know, I've seen some comedians like that. I just don't want them to get off stage. Like, I just... Do you know Do you have any of mine? On some real shit, like, as a female comedian, Ali Wong is one of my favorites. hmm That little Chinese, little funny bitch. Like, that, she is so... I, I, I like being smart, funny, and sexy. Mm-hmm. And she is, I think, the epitome of that. For sure. For sure, for sure. Um, tell everybody um, what 1865 means. Because I know some people are going to be like, okay, 1865. Some people are going to be like, why, why why, she call it that for? Black people. You know how black people is. Like, what the fuck is that? Is that a liquor? <laughs> <laughs> is that a liquor, 1865? Yep. No, okay, so um, Juneteenth. Juneteenth. June is June 19th. Okay, so June 19th. Okay, so so June 19th, 1865 is when slaves were freed. Hello. Okay, so that but we that's the official date. Technically, of course, we were free for 2 years. But slavery inspired comedy. 
1865 is named that simply because of that. And, you know, although we were free, we don't get the credit that we deserve for being as influential to comedy as we have been. So slaves would mock their masters at night. That was their only entertainment, having fun mm-hmm. at night. They would yes, mock- master. Yeah, they would mock their masters. Someone took note of that, and someone being Thomas, his nickname is Thomas Jim Crow Rice. Mm-hmm. He created a character in blackface that mocked slaves that was known as the first minstrel show. And minstrel was like, mm-hmm. So he's considered like one of the first stand-ups in America. He toured. He made like over $100,000. Yeah. And that was a lot in the Way 1800s. back then, yes. Nigga, this nigga was the first millionaire in blackface mocking slaves. So, and to see and to understand, like, and, and then when you get into it, like, the first black comics, even black comics, had to perform in blackface. Like, if you were on stage, you had to black your fucking face out. And the the black people that made the most money at that time were like this, like, um, I was about to say albino. But, like, they were like, uh, metasage is what the word is for, but light skin. Like, and one guy, like, they would wear their black face out so people didn't know that they were black. They would always wear black face. I can't remember the brothers there. I can't remember the brothers because they got me hot before. Um, <laughs> so they were brothers passing as performers, bruh, mm. to get money. So when you think of it, it's just crazy because it kind of replicates in society. History repeats itself. So 1865 is because of the history. Like, the history of we were freed as slaves, but we've been enslaved as, as artists for so fucking long. Still to this day. Still to this fucking day. Yeah. And if anybody gets an opportunity, it's most likely going to go to somebody that don't look like us. Right. And it's only to the good talking niggas that look like us. Yeah, you motherfuckers, you got the money, we got the talent, that's 50 <laughs> 50. And I just want to say this on some real shit. Like, I've always said this. I've always been, I, 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 I was one of the first motherfuckers in the AG class. I was, I took the AP shit. I was accepted. Yes, I am fair skinned. I get it. But at the same time, I have never wanted to be that one nigga that got to the table. I've never wanted to be that one person. You've seen that shit passing. Mm-hmm. You've seen people that pass. I've never wanted to be that one person that passed. I don't like the fact that it's some kind of acceptance for that. Mm-hmm. I think that there should be a total alternative where people are more educated and learn how to really finesse and grow into that game. Because honestly, if you're a real nigga, you just know how to be yourself. Facts. I know one of the funniest comedians in the world right now. So listen, I just want to do comedy. I just want to tell jokes. I don't give a fuck about that business. That's what they said to me. That's how it is. So if there's no HR in comedy, if there's no person that's creating opportunities for you and you're just a funny person and you really aren't tapped into that, how is someone going to create opportunities for you? Facts. Facts. You, gotta get, you have to get somebody with a, who know, who know Brandon. Who know how to produce a show? Yeah, and who also who know how to help you? Who know how to help you get what you're trying to do together? Take this and do this. Take this and do this. I've done it before. This is what you need to do. Yeah, because a lot of time, especially with our people, it's not that we ain't smart. It's that we never learned 
the tools to be able to do the things that we need to do moving forward. That's and it. we be too scared to say, I don't, I don't really know, know that, to, do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, niggas, so, so tell people. me. But they'll Bruh, follow the lead, though. No, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I got a client right now. I'm going to tell you, this nigga don't know shit. <laughs> he don't know a damn thing. And he has not articulated once. He don't know it. Like, so, uh, so, uh, and I'll just start. Yeah, so, because I'm picking up on it. But a lot of us weren't taught that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, only a few of us have the shit you can't teach. That's why we got it. So when you teach somebody, the it factor. But, like, honestly, it, it's just crazy because when you sit and think about what I sit and think about, I'm like, ain't nobody done this, man. Nobody gave a fuck before. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy because I, I and I'm a, I don't know if I want to tap into this per se, but. You know, it's a certain level of me being neglected as a person. Me being, like, it's a certain level of me being neglected as a person and me being, like, you know, emotionally abused in that space where I felt like, oh, I got something to prove, where I kind of wanted to take this on because comedy is one of the only things, although it's really fucked up, although everything... It's the only one thing that I've been able to put effort into in life that's given me something back. Mm. I put my effort into people that haven't done, you know, anything for me. You know what I mean? So putting that in has been great. You no, know? That's good. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad for that, man. Dope story, man. Dope journey. Um, when is the, um, the new uh, 1865? So 1865 is June 19th. Through the twenty second, we have a few. Uh, a few. What's the location? Okay, huh? we got a few venues. I'm gonna say. Okay, okay, venues. hold on, slow me down, uh, slow oh. me down, slow me down. <laughs> no, we have a few venues for eighteen sixty five. I'm very excited because last year we only had one, and it's our second year. We have three venues. Well, we have four venues. No, we have five venues. <laughs> We have two venues. We have three venues. Four. We have. You get a venue. You, you get, get a venue. venue. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, 1865, June 19th through the 22nd. That Sunday, we are at Mixed Deity, right? Um, for free community event. I got activists, speakers. Uh, I have a confirmed guest of the head of social. I have a confirmed guest for the head of social at Discover Atlanta. Um, oh, and he's going to be there. I, we, we're just going to be killing it uh, on that Sunday free event. Then we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We are at Uptown Comedy Corner. We got Kelly Kells hosting. We got Mario Torrey hosting. We got Kelly K. Dub Walker hosting. So we got all these people that are just amazing. Yeah. I like saying his uh, Kelly K. Dub official name. Yeah. I'm going to start calling him Kelly for everything now. Kelly. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Kelly. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to call him today and say, hey, can I speak to Kelly? He's going to say, but you play too much, see? Who told you that? Stick around, stay around. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, so we got um, so we got those hosts, right? And then we got Alton Walker, Rita Brent, and Charles McBee. Mm-hmm. Um, Rita Brent and Charles McBee are both the head. Uh, uh, Rita Brent is a writer on The God's Honest Truth, Charlemagne Show. Okay, she yeah. works with Ricky Smiley. She works with Cedric Entertainer. So Rita Brent is amazing, and Charles McBee is the head writer for See the God Show. Um. The God's Honest Truth on Comedy Central. Okay. 
Yeah, so he's a head writer for that. And he's also, both of those two acts have wrote on the Emmys and the Golden Globes, respectfully. Mm -hmm. So we have those. And Alton Walker, you know, he's touring with Desi Banks. So um, I've, yeah, so I've curated really dope shows at Uptown Comedy Corner, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 21st, the 20th to the 22nd. Oh, no, that's dope. No, that's dope. Definitely got to come out and tap in. Yeah, definitely. If you're in the city, pull up. You got to come. You got to you gotta tap in. You got to see. Like I say, at the beginning of the show, sometimes you have to step outside your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? You got to reach in and tap because you never know what steps will lead you to other steps and the other platform and other places. And then you just keep stepping and stepping. You know what I'm saying? So definitely if y'all there, definitely tap in. Um, tell everybody where you can follow you at. Yeah, so um, Vanetta, Vanessa, but with T's, V-A-N-E-T-T-A. You type that in, you're going to find some shit. You know, I've been on Fox 5. I got my Instagram, and we out here. I'm um, in 1865 Fest on Instagram. Follow that, please. Thank you. Nah, for real, for real. Anything else you want to say before we get up out of here? Anything you forgot? Anything? Because I know sometimes people be like, I got to tell you this. I got I to gotta, I gotta talk about this story. Oh, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going I'm to say this. Is there anything that we ain't talked on? Anything you might want to speak on before we get out of here? Yeah, I just came to vibe with y'all, and I just really want to thank you. I, I did want to say thank you again no, thank um, you. for the opportunity and for being here, for the conversation. Yeah. I fuck with that on some creative shit, like, to tell my story. This is kind of like my first time to tell my story in that space, like, just on the just transition in the space. So thank you for that opportunity. I think, I, I think that everybody, sh that is the most, the single most important part everybody's step is making people understand who you are. Definitely. Definitely. The faster so, they can do that, the faster your fan base can organically grow. For sure. Okay, so I lied. I did have something I wanted to say. <laughs> so, like, I wrote an e-book and it's called um, The Book on Getting Booked. It was an e-book. It was only, like, 25 pages, right? Uh, but the my favorite chapter and my favorite part of it is about documenting your dope. Right. Like I am going to definitely encapsulate this whole experience, but it's documented as well. So I can put this shit on the platform. Thanks. Creatives, we don't do that enough because we think our dope is just on stage. Documenting your dope, being able to tell your story, developing your story. That's what it is. And I just want to shout out Gary V for that because Gary V inspired that chapter, you know, this dude had a struggling business that was a family business. Struggling. Started a YouTube channel. Got views. Got people to drive traffic. Saved his family business and became a millionaire just off documenting his dope. Like, and the dope of his, you know, who he was. And oftentimes, I think we just get so tied into as artists, like the performance on stage, but if you document the process... You know, the process is what it is. So that's why I'm grateful for being able to share my story because that was my process. So document your dope. No, uh, document your dope. You know what I'm saying? What's the e-book again? The book on getting booked. The but book you can find that on funnyhoneys.com. What's up? But you did have something else to say. Did you say, <laughs> say that about funnyhoneys.com? Okay, so find me on Instagram <laughs> and funnyhoneys, H-U-N-N-Y-Z.com. Funny, H-U-N-N-Y-Z.com. You can click services, you can click 1865, and you can click some content. What's up? Because we got it all. Now, definitely, if you need writers, she writes, too. 
What's up? Tap in, man. Tap in. Man, we live from DJ House Studio. This your boy, Parlay. We in the apartment with Parlay. Meet me in the apartment.